uh, please join with me as I pray. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you that you're a God who speaks. Please help me to teach your word clearly tonight. Give us ears to hear what you want to tell us and soften our hearts to live it out. May we see, may, may we see uh, the great care you have towards us, your church, your flock. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, late last year, my parents dropped over a calico bag filled with plastic sleeve folders full of special things. They thought it was about time that I was the one to look after these. The bag contained every award I'd ever received at school, uh, every school class photo, every report, uh, and sporting team photo. Being quite sentimental, I spent quite a few hours looking through this. Uh, As I looked through my reports, there were a couple of teachers that I didn't remember, uh, but for the very large majority, I found myself simply saying, I liked them. Whether it was my year four class teacher, my under 12s athletics coach, or my HSC music teacher, I looked back with fondness on the people who I knew cared about me. They might have asked me to rub out my work and write it neater. They might have asked me to take extra spelling practice home. Uh, They might have asked me to run more laps of the oval than I wanted to. But I now look back and say, I know that person cared about me. Whether I knew it at the time, or it's only with hindsight I now see, they wanted what was best for me. Whether it's the parent not uh, letting their toddler eat a chili for breakfast, uh, or a parent asking their teenager not to attend that particular party, these people are showing they care. And tonight we ask the question, does Jesus care for his people, his flock, his sheep? Uh, And if so, how does he show them, or how does he show us, that he cares about us? In the Old Testament, to describe the relationship between God and his people, uh, often the image of a shepherd and his sheep is used. The shepherd, uh, the shepherd God, uh, leads, refreshes, guides, and protects his people. The relationship is very unequal. It's the sheep who need providing for, leading, refreshing, guiding, and protection. In the passage we're looking at tonight, Jesus begins by establishing himself as the genuine leader over God's people, God's church. He does this by identifying himself as God's chosen shepherd over the flock. And we'll see that in verses 1 to 5. So how do you identify God's chosen shepherd? Well, the first way we see in verses 1 to 2. You know the shepherd by their entry. Please read with me. Uh, Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The sheep pen Jesus is talking about is probably a large independent enclosure where several families kept their sheep, hiring a watchman to guard them. Jesus says that the way you can tell the difference between a shepherd and a thief and a robber is by the way they enter. There's a proper and predetermined way to access the sheep. The second way we see in verses 3 to 5, you know the shepherd by their voice. Please read with me. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him, because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. 
In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Uh, The second way you can tell who the shepherd is, is by seeing how the shepherd, um, uh, sorry, the, the sheep's response to the shepherd's voice. When the sheep hear the known voice of their shepherd and hear him call them each by name, the sheep listen and follow as their shepherd leads them out of the pen. They willingly leave the protection of the known and trusted stone walls of the sheep pen. The shepherd himself becomes their only source of protection, leading and guiding them by his voice. So why has Jesus used this figure of speech when speaking to the Pharisees? Well, Jesus is wanting the Pharisees to see that Jesus himself is the true and genuine leader of God's people, not them. The Pharisees are the thieves and robbers who haven't entered the proper way and whose voice God's people don't recognize. The religious leaders are more concerned with their self-interest rather than caring for God's people. It makes more sense when you consider the context of what's just happened before. Uh, Jesus has just performed a miracle, restoring a blind man's sight. Uh, When the man who was once blind went to the Pharisees, he was blamed, belittled, and thrown out. The blind man is an example of the lost, helpless, and poorly treated sheep, which the religious leaders haven't cared for. But when the man once blind met Jesus, he listened to his voice, believed who he was, and followed him. Jesus leads the man out of the Jewish pen and leads him, and Jesus leads and cares for him, the true leader of God's people. Jesus has the authority to be the leader of God's people, just as the shepherd is the leader of the flock. Now, after this, we read in verse 6 and the beginning of verse 7, Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, It's in response to their confusion, Jesus goes on again. Different to some of Jesus' other parables, he doesn't explain each element of the figure of speech used in verses 1 to 5. Instead, he uses the scene he's set to show four ways that he cares for his people, his church, his flock. First, he'll use the image of the gate in verses 7 to 10. And then he'll use the image of the shepherd in verse 11 to 18. The first way we see is Jesus cares for his flock by leading them to abundant life. Now, please read with me in verses 7 to 10. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus Jesus now says that he is the gate for the sheep. The word gate can also be translated door or entrance. The emphasis is on where it leads or where it provides access to. By saying, I am... Jesus is intentionally using language of deity, which the Pharisees would have listened to and would have been confronted by. In the Old Testament, in Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, God identifies himself by saying, I am who I am. 
and saying, I am has sent you. Jesus is claiming that he is God. It's who Jesus is which will make possible what he will do. Jesus isn't claiming to be a door for the sheep. Rather, he's claiming to be the door. This is a very big and audacious claim. The exclusive, one and only door. To where Jesus leads, there is no other way. He can lead God's people to God because he is God. But where does he lead? In verse 9, he says, I am the gate, whoever enters through me will be saved. The sole entry Jesus provides is the gate of salvation. The way to be in a restored relationship with God, the way to have your sins forgiven, the way to enter eternal life in heaven. There's no doubt or or, uh, uncertainty. If you enter through Jesus, you will be saved. Once entered into, Jesus offers care, provision, and abundance. There's a sense of freedom in verse 9. Come in and go out and find pasture. This isn't coming in and going out through Jesus the gate, but the freedom in the pasture once entered. Jesus goes on in verse 10 saying, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. The life Jesus offers is an abundant life, not a life full of earthly possessions, but a life in restored relationship with God, a life of knowing his care, provision, and protection at all times. Um, I've never been a fan of Doctor Who, but some friends once convinced me to watch an episode with them. I was feeling generally confused, and this was before every single character in the episode duplicated. I had no idea who anyone was. I did, however, appreciate the TARDIS, From the outside, it seems like an ordinary, small police box. It's only once you enter inside that you see how large and advanced, well-ordered, and quite cool it is. I give that to my friends who enjoy Doctor Who. From the outside, a relationship with Jesus might seem narrow and restrictive. But once you're on the inside, you understand how uh, expansive, freeing, and secure it really is knowing in all things he cares and has your best interest at heart. Uh, In sharp contrast to those who offer any sense of knowledge of God, access to heaven, provision and security in this world or the world to come, Jesus says they are like thieves and robbers. Their motives are only selfish. Why does a thief and a robber come? Jesus says only to steal and kill and destroy. The question is, have you experienced life to the full? Life on earth offers many false hopes of satisfaction and protection, but Jesus can deliver. Jesus says that he is the gate for the sheep. He is the only way to experience life to the full, now and into eternity. Now, the second way Jesus shows that he cares for the flock is by laying his life down for them. Uh, We see this in verses 11 to 13. In verse 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Here we see the extent to Jesus' love, commitment, and care for his people, his flock. He will die for them. And not too long after Jesus says this, indeed he does die, killed on the cross as a criminal. Jesus' death is for his sheep. This gives the image of sacrifice. 
His death is, is, sorry, his death is for them and it is necessary to provide them with life. He is the good shepherd and this is shown to be all the more good in his actions for them. In a sharp contrast, oh sorry, Jesus' commitment, care and sacrifice for his, for his sheep is shown to be all the more beautiful in a contrast to the hired hand we read about in verse 11 to 13. Please read with me. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Others may run away and abandon their responsibility with trouble when trouble, hardship or danger comes. But this cannot be said of Jesus. His commitment and care is shown through his sacrificial death in the place of his church. In an individual sense, he died for me and he died for you, his sheep. But he also died for us together, his flock, keeping us protected, united and not scattered. The third way Jesus shows his care for his flock is by knowing and being known by them. Please read with me in verse 14 to 16. I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father, I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Jesus speaks of the mutual knowledge of himself the good shepherd and his sheep, the church. The mutual knowledge is compared to Jesus's knowledge and relationship with God the Father. That's a pretty high degree of knowledge which Jesus says he has of his people and his people have of him. Jesus knows those he dies for. He knows the worst thing you or I have ever thought, said or done. He knows the good you and I, you and I have had the option to do but have chosen not to because we did not want to be inconvenienced. He also knows the way you and I have rejected his offer of care, protection and guidance, choosing to live our own way and wanting to fend for ourselves. With this high degree of knowledge, again, Jesus states, he sacrificially lays down his life for the sheep. He knows what he's doing and he knows who he's doing it for. He also knows uh, the worries that might have kept you up last night. He, might, he also knows what troubles you may face tomorrow. Once we accept Jesus' forgiveness, his death in our place, each day we will notice and appreciate more of his care and protection, learning to love and depend on his guidance more and more through his word. In verse 16, Jesus says, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them out they too will listen to my voice. Whether someone has grown up at church or not, whether they have Christian parents or not, whether they know much of the Bible or not, has avoided wild living or not, the entry is the same. Jesus is reminding us here that there's always room for more in his flock. When he was on earth, Jesus walked around and before miracles, like healing the blind man that he'd just done, and invited the outcast, the lonely, the rejected, to follow him. Jesus wants his church to grow 
and this is something he will do. As a sheep in Jesus' flock, I've been reminded again to have confidence to share Jesus' words found in the Bible, telling others of what he has done for them. Some will listen, trust, and believe. They will enter the church, know and be known by the good shepherd, Jesus. As Jesus says in verse 17, there will be one flock and there will be one shepherd. Finally, Jesus cares for his flock by willingly choosing to follow the Father's plan. Now read with me in verse 17 to 18. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. Here we get another glimpse into the eternal relationship between God the Father and God the Son. Jesus lays down his life. It is willing of his own accord. He has been given authority by God the Father to lay it down. He has also been given authority by God the Father to take it up again. And this is their plan. Many people have claimed to be great and provide access to God and entry into heaven. They have all died and left no proof, no evidence. But Jesus' proof is his resurrection from the dead. The resurrection proves Jesus is indeed the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. The resurrection also proves Jesus can provide access as the gate into eternal life, a restored relationship with God and to know God. Tonight, we've asked the question, does Jesus care for his flock, his church, for us? And the answer is, yes, he does. How does he show his care? By, by leading them to abundant life, by laying his life down for them, by knowing and being known by them, and by willingly choosing to follow the Father's plan. For those sitting here tonight or watching at home, uh, who have put their trust in Jesus and entered the gate, there is great assurance and security. We are part of Jesus' flock, not because of anything you or I have done, but because Jesus laid down his life for you and me, and we've believed. For those who haven't or aren't sure if they've entered through the gate, Jesus' voice is calling. Will you hear, trust, and believe? following him into the abundant life only he can offer. He wants to lead you into his flock. Well, please join with me as I pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he is the true and genuine leader of your people. Thank you that he cares about us enough to lay down his life for us so that we may enter into a relationship with you. May those of us uh, who know we are part of your flock, have been encouraged tonight. May those unsure or still, may they hear your voice and see your care and believe. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.